going on, Packers fans? Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Happy Thursday. Hope you're having a good day wherever you are. Packers pretty quiet on the news front today after the, I guess, mini bombshells yesterday of the dismissals for Joe Barry and Chris Gizzy. No news today that I saw. Maybe something's popping up here as I go live, but not even a few interview requests that I have seen. So, Matt LaFleur, undoubtedly keeping his own counsel at this point. No agents have been notified of uh, interview requests, again, that I've seen so far. But we'll keep you up to date as far as who's being asked for interviews and who gets to interview for the defensive coordinator position, who might be brought in for the strength and conditioning position. But for the time being, I did want to kind of touch on how very special this team was, not only this year, uh, how the core of this team is very special and undoubtedly should be. Now, there's a lot of work to do. Nothing is promised. Nothing is given. You have to earn it. I understand all that. But this is a very special group that Brian Gutekunst has assembled. And there is zero doubt in my mind that everything we talked about this summer, as far as trying to build a roster and open another window of contention, as it were, with Jordan Love as your quarterback, you needed, obviously, to get the answer on Jordan. Was he the guy you wanted to build around? I think emphatically that answer is yes. After everything we've watched him go through this season, everything we saw him do as far as becoming the quarterback we saw down the stretch, the way he was playing, the command of the offense that he had, I don't think there's any doubt that's their guy, and they will undoubtedly reward him this offseason with a monster contract, and people will freak out, and I look really forward to that. But uh, on top of Jordan, feels like they're ahead of schedule as far as finding a way of working, especially on offense, um, but just having a core of players in a season where they turned the page from an Aaron Rodgers-led team to what they had hoped probably would be a Jordan Love-led team. And you look across the board, and they are not far away from accomplishing what they want to accomplish. They obviously need reinforcements, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But you look at the teams that have won titles in Green Bay, um, almost every time you can look through and see where there was a draft or two that kind of formed the core, right? And I think these last two drafts have certainly provided Brian Gutekunst with the core of a team that can go and win a championship. Now, obviously, he has held on to some mainstays, uh, whether it's Aaron Jones, um, David Bakhtiari from the previous general manager. But uh, there's no doubt that he has done an excellent job and quickly of finding a group of players that can grow together, that can develop together, that can then hopefully, with some augmentation, with a few additions, go on and win a championship. That's the idea. And that's what he was talking about this past summer. I remember, I believe it was Jason Wilde asked him about not signing or re-signing Big Dog and turning the page so forcefully. Uh, and Brian saying, like, the whole goal is to win a championship. And in the NFL, so often we see teams kind of chase it year by year by ripping things up and bringing in huge amounts of free agents and or going for uber needs in the draft. Whereas in Green Bay, we've talked about this a lot, they do look long term and they do think in much longer terms, in much bigger windows. And I think Brian's done an expert job of conditioning 
this team to understand this is where we're headed, right? And to this year was only a first step. That's why when I hear people talk about, you know, oh, are, are these young guys going to think they've arrived and, you know, maybe not put in the work? I don't think that for a second. I think the message has been crystal clear from 1265 Lombardi, from probably Mark Murphy on down, but definitely from Gutekunst on down. We've only just begun, and there's a lot of work to do. But this group is pretty damn special. Whether it's his first draft pick in Jair Alexander, who, yes, I believe is part of the core. No question about it. And that's why I kind of laugh when people talk about potentially trading him or cutting him or whatever, neither of which I believe is going to happen. Um, or Quay Walker, who, you know, was the first pick two years ago. And I think, you know, people have looked at the ups and downs on defense and have really not maybe given Walker his due. I think Walker played really good football in his second season. And I think he's only going to continue to improve. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see what a new defensive coordinator and system is able to unlock because I think they have a really good, young, ascending player at a position where you got to be strong. You have to be strong up the middle on defense. And I think Quay can be a big, big part of that. Um, I could go on. I'm going to belabor the point. But I do think this team, again, is positioned to do some really special things. Um Gutekunst has done an excellent job in that regard. We're not going to talk about kicker. Hopefully the kicker continues to mature with the group and uh, joins us as uh, as a functioning member of the Green Bay Packers, contributing to wins rather than losses. But uh, that's neither here nor there. That's not to put a damper on the excellent work that we saw throughout 2023 and where they are positioned to head 2024 and beyond. Again, I am incredibly excited about it. Hello to everybody in the comments section. So good to see everybody. Kaleo starting us off with a super chat. What's up, man? I hope Packers draft Cooper DeJean. Goot seems to like Iowa players. Cooper reminds me a little of Micah High. Go Pack Go. It's the second time I've seen his name today. I got to be honest. I haven't watched a whole lot, but I'm definitely going to turn on the tape. Because like I said, this is the second time I've heard his name today. And you're right. I think Iowa has long been, not just with Goody Kunst, but with the Packers in general. They've loved players from that program there's no doubt about it so yeah uh very much excited to start diving into some of these draft prospects no question andrew thank you for being a care the g club member appreciate you man hi guys just found out the best winger of my beloved welsh rugby team has quit to try the nfl six foot three 20 210 pounds uh 10 four on the 100 meters does he have a chance Whew, andrew uh he has a chance to catch on somewhere and maybe make the fringes of a roster but i suspect if he's playing rugby somewhere he's probably in his what mid-20s it's really tough man really tough proposition to show up and i'm assuming having never played american football before that he's gonna walk on somewhere and make the team um but hey if he gets uh even a practice squad nod that's a huge accomplishment it's just very very difficult you know, it's why the NFL has started the uh, NFL international program to get guys from all over the world to, you know, come in and try and learn the game and then hopefully go back to their home countries and teach the game. And it's funny because you say that. And I know people in England and in Germany who have American football leagues, like they play with their mates on the weekends or like, you know, uh, in rec leagues where they have enough people where they can make like 
four or eight team leagues and they play American ball. Like it's just something that I love. And we've definitely heard from a lot of those folks when we were in England last year in London for the game. Um, you know, it's, I understand American football is not for everybody, especially most people worldwide who have grown up either with, you know, rugby and or soccer um, as their touchstone when it comes to sport in general. But it is heartening to see how it's really started to take root across the world. And Andrew, I think you point out like more people are kind of getting interested in wanting to hop on board. I love it. Uh, what else we got here, folks? We got Janice. How are you doing? Can't wait to see our new defense after the load up in the draft like we they did this year for the offense. I think that's a distinct possibility, actually. You know, it's funny because I think most Packers fans will probably be like, oh, here we go again. All this defense in the draft, because certainly that has been the M.O. for a decade plus in Green Bay. But hopefully, like you're pointing out, a new defensive coordinator, a new defensive philosophy, hopefully, more importantly. I'm with you. I'm excited to see where that could lead. Brett, how are you, man? Mike Zimmer, now that would be a legit hire. That ain't never going to happen. Man, I see, don't get me twisted. I would love Mike Zimmer as a defensive coordinator in Green Bay. But does anyone remember the chili handshake? And I think chili is being kind between Lafleur and Zimmer after that game. I think it was the first or second year Lafleur was in town and they went to Minnesota and won. And I mean, Zimmer doesn't even look at him. He just legit like extends his hand for a cursory shake and then walks off. Yeah, I don't think there's any love loss there. And I do think Mike's a great defensive coach. Um, and I know he'd done or did interviews a couple, I think a couple months ago about trying to get back, you know, into the coaching tree. I don't know if he wants to be a head coach. I would suspect that's what he probably would prefer. But feels like these openings are, you know, starting to fill up. I know right before I went live, uh, the Falcons have uh, hired, hired the Rams defensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, Zimmer. I love the idea because I think he's a really good defensive mind and an excellent defensive coach, but I don't think that's going to work with, with Lafleur. Abdul, how are you, man? Hey, Aaron, do we need a veteran or a prospect? Yes. Not quite sure which area you're asking there, buddy. Um, at what position? Janice, thanks again. I'd be more interested in a coach from a defense that did well without future Hall of Famers. The Bosa's, Watts, and Donald's skew results. That's a good point. I will say, though, most successful defenses, most of the frontline best defenses in the NFL have some blue-chip players. Maybe not, you know, potential future Hall, um, Hall of Famers like you're talking about, but most of them have really good players. You know, it's kind of the chicken or the egg thing. Like, yes... Certainly good coaches, but they are dealing with a lot of really frontline great talent. You know, it's one of the things that makes it difficult, especially from the outside, to project these things because, you know, a lot of that is about what happens in the room when you're having that interview and what you sell to the owner as far as your vision and, or in this case, what you would sell to the head coach, Matt LaFleur, about what you want to do with the talent and what you think they're best suited to do and what you like to do and all of those things. Callum, how are you, man? Do we still need to bring a veteran wide receiver in? Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Callum. Um, it's funny. I've seen some kind of talk about that on Twitter, both today and yesterday. I understand the 
why people say like, oh, they don't, they still need that wide receiver one, alpha dog, male, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do they? I mean, I understand like that's what we've been conditioned on the outside to think as far as, you know, especially with fantasy football being what it is. Like people think, well, they don't have that. Well, okay. The Eagles had that and they will like went one of six in the last half of the season. You know what I mean? And they had AJ Brown who, yeah, missed that final game, but like that doesn't guarantee you winning. It's about winning. Right. And I think the Packers showed they have a way of working with the guys on hand that they can move the ball and score some points. Now that said, if there's value in the draft, to the point where, say, they're late second round, right? And they have a guy on their board who is a blue chip player. Now, who this is, I have no idea. But in this world where, okay, there's a wide receiver dropping down the board and they have him ranked, say, top 15, right? But he's still available there late in the second round. Would they take him? I do not doubt it for a second. If the value is there, they'll they'll add a wide receiver. But it would have to be a pretty incredible value would be my guess. Um, But yeah, don't, I would never say never. And the only thing I would be very, very surprised at is if they used free agency dollars at the wide receiver position. That would shock me actually. But in the draft, I could see it happen. Uh, Abdul, thanks again. Anyone on defensive staff staff you think should stay? I mean, I think they're all really good dudes, but I think whoever comes in should have that say. You know, I think there's lots of good coaches, but if you're coming in as a defensive coordinator, I don't think you should be saddled with, okay, we really like you to keep this guy on. You know, that's what happened with LaFleur when he came on board and they strongly suggested he keep Mike Pettin. Well, that didn't seem to last very well and they didn't seem to synergize very well, right? (coughs) Sorry, guys. I just think if you're going to hire someone, and you especially need like a new attitude and a new way of working on defense. You got to let whoever's that job, whoever's getting that coordinator position, they should be able to bring in their own guys. Um, and again, that doesn't mean I don't think there aren't some really good coaches on that side of the ball. Um, you know, I, I do think Jerry Montgomery is a really good coach. Uh, Greg Williams is a good coach. Downard, I think, is a good coach, you know, but that they haven't worked with whoever's coming in, most likely. And whoever's coming in, I think it's time. We need like a new, fresh, completely new voice, voices on that side of the ball. That's just, you know, me sitting out here, guesswork from the outside looking in. But that's where I think they're at right now. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I'm going to have a tickle in the throat. Chip says, kind of have mixed emotions about Barry. There were a lot of games that our defense played well enough for us to win that we didn't. There were also a lot of defensive schemes that were questionable. I guess my biggest concern is who is available that were certainly they will do better. Well, Chip, that's why I think Matt made the move. I would suspect he's identified a handful of candidates that he suspects will get more out of the defense. Because to your point, if you do make that move and you do move on, you better have an idea of somebody who's going to come in there and do a better job. And I don't imagine that Matt made this move lightly. But yes, I'm with you because we talked about it at the start of the season. We talked about it on transplants so many times where there were plenty of games early in the year, especially where the defense wasn't great, but it played winning football. 
it played well enough to win. It limited the opponents as far as scoring goes. And if the offense had been able to generate anything, hell, if the offense had been able to gain a first down in first halves of games, possibly they win a few more of those, right? So I hear you. I definitely hear you. But I do think repeatedly seeing your defense in positions where you got to have a stop and never, and I mean never, getting a stop, that's got a weigh on you as a coach. And I, I, we talked about it yesterday. I think when they got to the Buccaneers game, I think that was the beginning of the end for Barry because if you're the offensive kind of guru coach, right, and dealing with bringing along your young quarterback and you're all your young weapons and you're you're fighting through the entirety of the season to going from not being able to score points in the first half of games to putting up 30 a week and you're doing all that, right? But then all the way, all of a sudden along the way, you're like, oh, wait, I've got to hold my defensive coordinator's hand and suggest things and get more involved on the defensive side of the ball. That's not enticing. I mean, why would you ever want to like continue that, right? So I do think that more than anything probably played into it, you know, and I suspect there were frustrations even before that, you know, given some of the, you know, again, moments where, okay, need some complimentary football here, need the defense. You know, it's one thing to get a three and out in the second quarter when the game's not in the balance, right? But when you're continuously at a moment where, okay, we just need a defensive stop and you see this passive play that allows teams to walk down the field and score and or just run the clock out. At some point, I think, you know, if you're the coach and you're three years into this, you're like, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And that's where I think that's the point. I think LaFleur reached Chris. Thanks for the super chat, man. Hello from Brinton arms pub, England. Thanks for all you guys do regarding the new defensive coordinator. Give me someone who can adapt in game after that. I don't mind. Go back. Go. I hear you, Chris. I think one of the biggest weaknesses Barry exhibited over the course of his tenure was just situationally. It was really problematic. And then having to, maybe adjust to something opponents were doing as far as, okay, this is your plan, right? Okay. Now we've, we're a couple series in, we know how we're going to counter your plan. Well, Joe rarely had an answer for that. Not always, but mostly, right? Especially in this day and age where things are so multiple and offenses are given almost every advantage with the way the game is set up. You got to be able to maneuver in game to make adjustments like that. And uh, Joe rarely did. Very, very, very true. Chris, have a pint for me, man. I'm jealous. I wish I was in a English pub right now. Abdul, what's going on, man? How would you feel about Ron Rivera or Wade Phillips? What's that? What's that? Uh, Robin Williams gift? What year is this? Like, no, no. And I understand the thinking as far as like, okay, Matt LaFleur getting paired with some older, wiser defensive coordinator type, right? But no, no. I want someone on the precipice of the cutting edge when it comes to ball in 2024. Not somebody who's rooted in, oh, I learned all this back in the 70s. Nah, it's going to be a big no for me. I mean, now watch. We'll we'll get done here, and Wade Phillips will be announced as a defensive coordinator. But for me, for Aaron Nagler, it's a big nah. Badger Trio, what's up, man? 
let's go get Bill or Vrabel as both are not going to Atlanta. Well, I don't know if you saw GZ TV Social earlier this morning um, quoting Matt Schneidman of The Athletic over there in 97.3 The Game, but according to Schneidman, he knows for certain that Vrabel is not coming to Green Bay. So you can strike that one off your list. As far as Belichick, I mean, that would be hilarious. It would be amazing. I would do cartwheels, but I don't ever see that happening. I can't fathom Bill Belichick deciding to, oh, hey, in these uh, August years of my NFL career, after winning a ton of championships as a head coach and doing everything he did, both, you know, hell, in Cleveland, the 10 seconds he spent as Jets head coach, and then going to New England and doing everything he did there, finally saying, you know what? I'm going to go to Green Bay, just chill and be a defensive coordinator. Now, that said, the man did come up this summer with his squad, seemed to have a good rapport with LaFleur. Those joint practices back in August, maybe he fell in love with the area. Maybe he thought, hey, look at this. Titletown, history. He's a student of history when it comes to the game. Maybe he fell in love with the idea of, you know what? This wouldn't be a great, a, a bad place to spend my final years just coaching up the defense and hopefully winning a, another ring or two. It's a deep dream. It's a very deep dream. One that I would love, love to become a reality, but uh, I doubt it. I really doubt it. Alec, what's up, man? Thoughts on going after Devin White in free agency. Had a couple of down years, but still a great talent at inside backer. I mean, I like the idea of him playing for the Packers, but I doubt the Packers would ever pursue an inside backer in free agency unless he was dirt cheap. Something along the lines of where they got um, Devondre Campbell a couple years ago. Like, late, late, late in the process. Like, not even fourth wave of free agency. I'm talking like 10th wave of free agency. And he's still sitting out there and they can get him for a dirt cheap one-year deal. Then, even then, it's probably a maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see them using resources like that. But I love I love the player. I, th- I agree. I think he would help, especially you play him alongside Quay Walker. I'm down with this life, but uh, I again, I'd be surprised. Juan, what's going on, man? If the future is now, how aggressive will Brian Gutekunst be in 24? I don't think he needs to be insanely aggressive. And I know Packers fans, when they talk aggressive in personnel terms, it means what? Trading up in the draft, overspending in free agency. He's not going to do that. Now, maybe he trades up a little bit in the draft because he's got ammo, right? And there's picking at 25. Maybe he wants to jump up into the teens or something like that. That possibly, but it really depends on the player. And that's what it all comes down to. And that's why it's so impossible to predict, right? They do a very good job. And Brian has done a good job of making sure we're not aware of who he's absolutely in love with. But that could exist, right? There could be a prospect where he thinks, oh, this guy is special. He's going to be maybe not franchise altering, but he's going to make a major difference on whatever side of the ball. Yeah. Is it is that possible? Sure. Especially, again, because they have the ammunition in this draft, no doubt. But I don't think you're going to see anything out of the norm. You know, I think they'll do what they always do. They'll probably make most of their picks. Again, maybe they go up in the draft, but I doubt it. They'll make most of their picks. They'll pick over free agency. I don't, again, they're not going to overspend. They're going to wait 
for free agency to come to them. I think it's going to be like most off seasons because that's how they operate. That's who they are. That is their, their spine as it were. Joe, what's up, man? Does Jordan love try to put that last INT behind him or pin it on the wall for motivation to never do that again? I mean, obviously only Jordan can answer that, but by suspicion is it's the first, you know, he just puts it behind him. Got to have a mind like a cornerback, right? When it comes to throwing those picks, like unfortunate moment, move on. Because look, he's going to have a ton of people in his ear about it. (laughs) You know, as far as Tom Clements will undoubtedly be talking about it. Assuming Tom is back. Hope he is. Matt LaFleur is not going to let him forget about it. You know, Cardinal sin. Late over the middle. Even he knew it immediately after the game. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't think he needs any more motivation. These guys are some of the most motivated humans you'll ever meet in general. It's what gets them to the NFL. So I suspect it'll be much more the former rather than the latter. Roberto, what's going on, man? Thoughts on trade for Derwin James or Buda Baker? I doubt they use draft capital to trade for a vet. I think they'll just draft their own guy. I mean, could they? Sure, but I'd be surprised. They want to mold their own dudes. They want their guys that are in their program from the jump. It's very rare they want to bring in someone from the outside. David, what's up, man? Looking for your insight as to what the specific allure of Leonard is, aside from being rooted within the state. Well, I do think he's talented, and I give Corey shit because, I don't know, if you, maybe you watched Transplants last night, but, you know, Corey's he's dead to Corey because he turned the Packers down, etc. But I do think he's a talent. I do think he certainly had some success at Wisconsin. You know, there's no dismissing that. I do think, you know, he had his chance and he done messed up turning down the Packers. You know, I, I can't fathom Matt LaFleur going down that road again. But I do think people genuinely like him, not only because he's the Wisconsin guy, but he's proven to be a pretty damn good coach. I'm fascinated to see if he makes some kind of move this offseason, you know, as far as his job goes. But I don't think it's going to be in Green Bay. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd be very surprised. Uh, what else we got here? Abdul, thanks again, man. Schneidman said there's a 99% chance they move on from 69. What say you? Do you think we won't know anything until the summer? Well, I think there's probably, if I remember right, a bonus due in his contract at some point at the start of the league year. So I think in March, late March, I think we might have an idea. Um, but yeah, is there, I mean, 
I know Dave has said he wants to return. This is what I was talking about with Corey last night. You know, like, I think it's problematic because nobody knows Dave's medical situation at this very moment, right? Now, obviously, the Packers are privy to it, but we don't know it on the outside. And until we know he's good to go and can play, I mean, it's all kind of just bluster, right? We don't have any information. So, you know, and you throw on top of that the contract. I mean, the Packers, regardless of how he exits, if he were to exit, they're going to be dealing with a pretty significant cap hit, you know? And we've seen, just go back and look at week one, he's still all pro Dave when he's out there. So why let some other team have this all pro on their roster and playing for their offense when you're dealing with the cap hit? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, you don't save any money by getting rid of him. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there, but we'll see. I mean, Hey, there's every chance. Maybe David demands a trade to the jets to go play with Aaron. And then he tells, tells the jets, Hey, I'll work my contract for you guys. And then he's out the door. I said that on transplants last night. That wouldn't surprise me either. But there are so many kind of levels to this and kind of boxes to check along the way. And and A number one is his health. Until he's healthy and or, or able to play or whatever, you know, and until we know that that's the case, the rest is just chat, you know. Braden, what's going on, man? Sacks aren't everything, but 0.5 in the last eight games. Oof. Truly, truly. But, I mean, to your initial point, sacks aren't everything. I mean, all I care about is affecting the quarterback. Now, I'd like to get them on the ground a little bit more, but, you know, you want to affect the quarterback. You want to affect the pocket. You want to put pressure to cause either errant throws or, you know, bad reads or what have you. And the Packers did that way more than I expected them to, especially down the stretch here. Abdul, what's going on, man? Sorry, I meant veteran DC versus prospect position coach. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about what Matt vibes with, right? And what he thinks is the best fit and only Matt can say in that regard. Uh, <laughs> Rob, is Tremont Williams a candidate? I don't think Tremont wants to coach. Man, that's a That's a grind. It's a grind when you've gone from not coaching for however many years Tremont's not been playing to, all right, now you're coaching. And you rarely step into a coordinator position after not coaching for X number of years. Adrian, what's going on, man? Do you think LaFleur's involvement with the D this season will enhance his ability to hire the right DC? I hope so. I, I keep coming back to his experience with Aubrey Pleasant. Uh, who was fired by the Lions, was it, in 2022. And then he brought Aubrey onto staff. And it's interesting because Aubrey's background was in on defense, right? But he was an offensive assistant in Green Bay for the, for the, the remainder of that 2022 season, trying to give LaFleur the defensive perspective of what he was doing on offense. And I think that's the kind of thing where even this year, to your point, like getting more involved on the defensive side of the ball, the cross pollination, I think can only help him and should inform whatever decision he makes here. Right. Cause I think you probably want somebody like that. Someone who has a good, decent understanding of both sides of the ball, what they're trying to accomplish 
and hopefully how to stop it or counter it or at least make life difficult. So, yeah, I think I hope so. I, I hope that time contributing on defense, you know, contributing to game planning and things that whatever, however he helped um, after that Tampa game, hopefully, hopefully it does. Carl, what's up, man? I'd love to see a young up and coming defensive coach has a bend, but dictate system using the players in the best way growing with a young team. It's a delicate balance, right? I mean, I'm kind of with you, but at the same time, Lafleur has no no time for on-the-job training. And that's why I think it's going to be fascinating to see what this choice is because this is his third coordinator. You know, he's got to hit this one. And I think he's probably going to err on the side of someone who's got some experience handling, you know, game day and the week prep and all of that, whereas maybe a position coach becoming a defensive coordinator – I don't know if he's got that time. Well, maybe he does. I mean, I guess it depends on the guy, right? But that's where I think things get a little tricky. A little tricky. Uh, Mario, thanks for being a Carry the G Club member, man. Aaron Jones, a Packer for life. I mean, how great was it to see him in that video with uh, Larry McCarron saying, we are going to be dangerous in 2024. Let's go. Anthony, what's going on, man? I realized the other day that I've been following Cheesehead TV's amazing content since 2015. Yes, I know. Still late to the game. Got to meet you and Corey last year in Milwaukee. You guys are effing awesome. Cheers. Anthony? Got to tell you, I've been having a bit of a day, and that is the nicest thing I've heard in the last 24 hours. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Dylan asks, Nags, gut feeling what they'll do with Preston. My gut feeling is they'll bring him back. He's not going anywhere. Dag, what's up, man? Belichick, man, I talked about the Belichick dream a couple, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago in the chat. Go hit the replay. Sean Gallagher, thanks to the super chat. Matt LaFleur seems more comfortable as head coach. It's been great watching him grow more into the role. It gives me faith in his future appointments. That's a good point. I, I agree. I think he has taken on a very noticeable shift, change in tone, however you want to describe it. But it's been evident from the beginning of this season, right? Knowing that he is taking ownership in a way that just wasn't possible when Aaron Rodgers was in the building. That's not to besmirch Rodgers. It's just the reality of the humongous star wattage and shadow cast by Aaron Rodgers because he was Aaron Rodgers, right? But now it's very clear that this is Lafleur's team and the tone has certainly shifted in that regard. I very much agree. All right, everybody. I got to get going. I cannot thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. 